Hey guys, if you haven't already heard, I am on Twitter now, so make sure to come shoot me a follow. My username is Coleworld, same as all the other socials, and I do answer all DMs on there, so come say hi. Enjoy the episode. Modern day technology and modern day habits do not allow us to be in sync. What do I mean by that? Welcome to the Influencer Secrets Podcast, where we explore the true nature of social media and equip you with the vital tools, insights, and wisdom to help you become the best version of yourself. Your journey to reclaiming control of your reality begins here. In the last episode of the Influencer Secrets podcast, I covered why I believe that a lot of my community says that they are lacking motivation or energy to get anything done. In this episode, we are going to cover some potential ways to solve this problem through my own experience and my own research. As a precursor and a precaution to this entire episode, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a neuroscientist, and I'm by no means an expert on this material. Rather, I was at a time in my life where I was forced to turn to neuroscience to solve my own problems of low motivation, low drive, low energy, and a vaping addiction. While I am looking to provide you the best insight based on my own experiences, I highly recommend that you consult with your own doctor and you take anything that I say with a grain of salt that has to do with you making your own decisions about your own body. But before we hop into the episode and I reveal to you some of the information which I have accumulated over the past few years, if you don't know who I am, my name is Cole Gonzalez, also known as Cole World on social media. I have over 6.5 million followers across all my social media platforms and went from nearly broke to now doing multiple six figures in annual income through social media and other opportunities I've been afforded by social media. I too used to be the kid who was not in shape, was unmotivated, was consuming social media all the time, was not confident, vaped, basically everything under the sun that I've noticed that a lot of my community members are dealing with today. So I've decided to put my old content behind. I've abandoned a lot of the fame, a lot of the money to serve my purpose here on earth, which is to help as many people as possible. So thank you for being here. Hopefully I can help you solve some of your problems. And in return, I don't know, maybe you could leave a review on the podcast or something if you want. (laughs) If you don't, it's all good, but let's hop into it. So like I said, last podcast, we talked about some of the activities which could be leading to lower levels of dopamine circulating in your brain. Therefore, possibly lower levels of motivation and drive, since dopamine is the molecule of motivation and drive. It is your life force. And if you have not already, please go back one episode, listen to that podcast, and then come back to this point right now. And the previous podcast sets the stage for this one here. Now, in the last episode, we talked about how certain activities, such as vaping, watching adult entertainment, too much video games, too much social media, too much engaging in these high-evoking dopamine activities over a sustained period of time do lead to decreased levels of dopamine or a low baseline, which has been proven in scientific literature all around the world. Now, let me be completely clear. This is not something that can be solved in one minute or one day or one week, and it's not something that I would recommend that anyone tries to solve for just a month or a year. I believe, through my experience, that it's best to find protocols and habits and routines that are going to serve you over your entire life. It's kind of like if you are severely overweight and your doctor tells you to lose weight and you decide, okay, I'm just going to lose weight for a little bit, but then I'm going to let the weight back on. Or it's kind of like when a family member tells you that you're being a mean person and you need to change that because you're going to repel everyone out of your life and you decide, okay, I'm going to change it for a month, but I'm going to go back to being a mean person 
the month after. Through my experience, the honest truth is that recovering your levels of dopamine is not easy. Getting back to that baseline and cutting out these habits is very difficult. This is the honest truth. Like I covered in the last episode, for all pleasure which you engage in, there is pain. Every time dopamine goes up, it comes back down and it dips below baseline, right? So you're probably wondering, okay, how do I recover my dopamine levels? Well, let's just be very logical for a second. If we can agree that certain activities evoke extreme high levels of dopamine and those set activities, when they are engaged in too much over a sustained period of time, lead to a substantial decrease in your levels of dopamine in your brain, if we can agree that that is the case, then wouldn't we agree that limiting our exposure to those certain activities and those certain habits and those certain things would lead us to not spend, and I like the word spend because it really visualizes what you're doing because we only have a limited amount of dopamine, to not spend your dopamine as much and therefore have more for other activities. And quick side note here, because I think it's important. If you don't understand how dopamine works, Dr. Huberman explains it really well. Imagine a 10 foot wide and four foot tall blow up kiddie pool. This kiddie pool is filled with water to almost the top. So what you decide to do is you shake the kiddie pool really violently. And there's these massive waves and water starts to overflow from this kiddie pool in your backyard onto the grass. And you're shaking it and you're shaking it. Imagine those waves being the dopamine peaks from you engaging in certain activities. Now that water, or in comparison, that dopamine is spilling over. And when it settles, aka when you stop the activity, now your dopamine levels are lower and it's going to take time to fill back up. Imagine that blow up pool automatically regenerates water. It refills over time, but it takes time. So now it's filling back up. Before it gets back to that baseline, that normal baseline, it wants to get water quicker, aka when you're below baseline, your body seeks out more dopamine. So now it shakes again. So now you're shaking it again and the peaks are too high. And now the dopamine or water spills over. And guess what? When those peaks go away, aka your dopamine goes back down. Now the water reserve or dopamine reserve is even lower. And now you have an even stronger urge to get more dopamine. Do you see how it works? So I just wanted to explain that. I don't think I mentioned that in the last episode, but that's a great way of visualizing it. Visualize your dopamine like a pool, like a 10 by 10, four foot tall pool. And whenever you engage in very high evoking dopamine activities, that water or dopamine is spilling over and it takes time to fill back up. And if you jump the gun and you continue to jump the gun over and over, then what happens? You have basically no dopamine. Now, I know this is just a very high level of explaining it, but I don't like getting into the super scientific mumbo jumbo things because I feel like a lot of you may get confused. And my intention is not to sound overly smart or confuse anyone. But now that we understand that, let's get back to what I was saying earlier. The first thing we need to understand is that the first step to helping your dopamine levels recover, or at least for me, was not engaging in those activities. Makes sense, right? The first step to not crushing your dopamine levels from vaping is to not vape. Cool. Makes sense, right? Now that you know there's equal pain for all pleasure, you can probably assume that when you cut out those things that are bringing you temporary pleasure and increasing your dopamine extremely high, well, there's going to be some pain and that's normal. This is simply just something that I had to go through myself. But my goal, especially when I quit vaping, was to supplement that absence of dopamine. 
right? Because like I said in the last episode, when you constantly engage in these things, your body essentially will rely on these sources of dopamine to keep that baseline steady. So when you don't have it, you're below and you want to seek out more of these temporary satisfaction activities to quickly get you back to your natural baseline. But when you cut these things out, what happens? Well, now my baseline is fucked. It's way, way low, but it doesn't just stay there. Over time, it will build back up. But just like the inflatable pool reference we just made, while it's filling up, if we're too quick to go back to the high dopamine peaks and the high dopamine evoking activities, it's going to spill right back over. So we need to find ways to supplement dopamine in a natural way. Now, like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to prescribe things. I'm not here to give anybody any sort of advice that would be considered medical advice because that would not be responsible or within the realms of what I'm looking to do here. But possibly in the future, I'll talk about some of the natural supplements in pill form, which you can take that are precursors to dopamine. But I want to do some more research into if I'm allowed to talk about that. And these are not even over-the-counter things. You can buy them on Amazon. But I want to do a little more research before I present that, and I want to make sure I'm presenting it in the right way. But I do have some natural sources of dopamine, which I'm going to point you towards which I recommend you do some more research on. Number one, light viewing. Understand that when you start to eliminate these habits, in the beginning, it's going to be painful. It's going to suck. Like David Goggin says, embrace the suck. Sometimes things are just going to suck. You have to push through them. But it doesn't all have to suck, especially if you practice light viewing protocols. You're probably wondering to yourself, light viewing? What does that have to do with anything? Now, in order for us to understand why light is so important, we have to understand our biology. Every single cell in our body has a circadian rhythm. It operates on a 24-hour clock. Oftentimes, these cells are not in line with each other. They're not in sync, and they're meant to be in sync. Why are they not in sync? Because modern-day technology and modern-day habits do not allow us to be in sync. What do I mean by that? In order for us to be in sync, we have to align our bodies with where we are at in the world. The only way to do that is by viewing sunlight. And I'm not talking about literally looking at the sun. Please do not do that, obviously. Not a good idea. But I mean being outside in the mornings before 10 a.m. when the sun is at a low solar angle because we have these cells in our eyes called retinal ganglion cells. And these cells are in the lower back part of our eyes. And these cells perceive certain types of sunlight during the morning hours before about 10 a.m. Now, why is this so important? Well, when these cells perceive sunlight, or in more layman terms, absorb sunlight and recognize certain colors and intensities of sunlight in the morning before 10 a.m., aka when you are outside and there are photons in the air, it causes an increase in cortisol or epinephrine or adrenaline and, you guessed it, dopamine by around 50%. Now, let me just put that in perspective. 50%. You can increase your motivation and drive by 50%. You can increase your alertness by 50%. And let me explain one thing that's very, very important. Yo, real quick, I've put together an awesome resource for you over at cwa.ai solutions. It's a collection of all of the podcast episodes organized by the problems that they're gonna help you solve. And guess what? You can get them all in video format, no email or login needed. So if you want a video version of the show or if you have a specific issue which you want to address and solve, head over to cwa.ai solutions. All right, back to the episode. I will most likely go into another episode, the next one, on the importance of sleep and how to have the best sleep because sleep is the foundation of success. If you are not sleeping well, it's very hard to succeed in anything which you want to succeed in. It's going to affect your sense of well-being. It's going to negatively affect your energy, your hormones, your ability to learn, 
So many more things. Sleep is the foundation. We'll probably cover that in the next episode. But in the mornings, the reason that you actually wake up is because of a cortisol pulse. When you open your eyes and you are awake, that is a cortisol pulse. Now, that cortisol is responsible for waking you up, right? So if we want to be the most awake that we can be, wouldn't we want to optimize that cortisol pulse? We would, right, we would. So in order to optimize that cortisol pulse, you can practice light viewing in the mornings, aka literally just being outside in the sun. If it's sunny, three to five minutes. If it's cloudy, probably around 20 minutes because there are still photons in the air, but the clouds do block the sun, obviously. You just need to be out there for longer. By viewing sunlight, you optimize that cortisol pulse in the morning. Therefore, you'll be the most awake. There's also lots of scientific literature on how it increases your dopamine and adrenaline, aka dopamine, motivation and drive, adrenaline, alertness, and who doesn't want to be alert and focused and ready to crush their day in the morning? It seems like such a small thing to do, but it's so important. Now, also, this is very, very important for anyone who is struggling to sleep. Now, let me tell you what this also does. When you get your morning sunlight and those retinal ganglion cells in the back bottom part of your eye are perceiving that light before 10 a.m., very important, before 10 a.m., And without glasses on, obviously, if you're prescribed glasses, please talk to your doctor about this. And by the way, this doesn't work with most types of sunglasses. It definitely does not work through windows. So if you are just someone who has a window and and thinks they have sun coming through it, it takes up to 50 times as long. So unless you have 10 hours to be outside in the sun, I recommend going outside. Obviously, talk to your doctor if you have glasses, which you need to wear that are prescription or to protect your eyes. Please do not sacrifice anything that your doctor has told you, but just going through my experience and what I do. The reason this is so important is because that cortisol pulse and all these things that are happening when you are viewing sunlight in the morning are also associated with a timer that is set in your brain within the pineal gland to release melatonin in about 14 to 16 hours, I believe, from the time of light viewing. Now, why is that so important? Not only are we optimizing our body to be in line with our biology and to be the most alert and motivated that we can be in the morning, we are also setting a timer to release melatonin later in the evening. How interesting is that? Because just for any of the nerds out there that want to know, these retinal ganglion cells communicate this internal clock above the roof of our mouth called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. That suprachiasmatic nucleus, which like I said, is above the roof of our mouth and it's part of the brain, communicates to the pineal gland to set that timer to release melatonin in about, like I said, I believe it's 14 to 16 hours. It could be 12 to 16. So now we're setting ourselves up to be optimized in the morning and the evenings. Cool. So now you know, get your sunlight in the morning. That's going to help with your dopamine levels. What else can you do? Well, if you're also looking to be more motivated and less sleepy, this is just a little tip of advice I've talked about before. Delay your caffeine intake for about 90 to 120 minutes. Why? Because there's this neuromodulator known as adenosine. Think of adenosine as the sleepy neuromodulator. When you wake up, think of adenosine being in a glass. Let's say that glass has 10 ounces of water and that water represents adenosine. Over about an hour and a half to two hours, that water is slowly dropping, aka that adenosine is slowly dropping. Adenosine is the sleepy neuromodulator, meaning that 10 ounces of water, when it's at 10 ounces, represents the most sleepy you're going to be right when you wake up. You know how you're kind of groggy, kind of sleepy, just not really with it when you first wake up? Now, over the next hour and a half to two hours, like I said, that adenosine, or water in this instance, in this glass, starts to drop, and it will completely empty at the around one and a half hour to two hour mark since you've woken up. Now, like I said, delay your caffeine intake to that time. 
Why? Because caffeine parks in the same receptors as adenosine. Why is that so important to know for motivation and for energy? Well, you know how people talk about how they get crashes from caffeine in their afternoons? What if I told you that was preventable? What if I told you you didn't have to have crashes considering you're drinking caffeine 90 to 120 minutes after you wake up? Because if caffeine parks in the same receptors as adenosine, when you drink caffeine too early, aka within those 90 to 120 minutes of waking up, and just to be very clear, I would say at least wait 90 minutes. So let's just say within the 90 minutes of waking up, you drink caffeine. Imagine that right when you drink the caffeine, that water that was emptying stops because now the caffeine is filling those same receptors that adenosine is parked in. So the caffeine says, whoa, slow down adenosine. I'm here to save the day. And that adenosine is still there. And guess what happens when that caffeine wears off? The adenosine comes right back, but it compensates. And now it has to empty again. And that is caffeine crash. So if you drink caffeine right when you wake up and you try and mask that adenosine, it's going to hit you hard when that caffeine wears off. So how do you prevent that? Don't drink caffeine within the first 90 minutes of waking up. I promise you this is a life changer. Okay, last piece of advice to improve energy and motivation. It's been shown in numerous studies and scientific literature that it is extremely detrimental to be consuming or experiencing blue light or bright lights or especially bright overhead lights in between the hours of 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. And by doing this, it's been shown to have extremely negative effects on the following day's dopamine levels. Meaning, if you are someone who is staying up late and you are watching Netflix really late and you're on your phone between 11 and 4 a.m. and you have bright overhead lights, you're messing with your circadian rhythm and therefore damaging your ability the next day to produce dopamine. Understand that, like I said earlier, these retinal ganglion cells are in the back bottom parts of our eyeballs. So why I say bright overhead lights, those retinal ganglion cells in the back bottom parts of our eyes can perceive those bright overhead lights late at night and it messes with your circadian rhythm. You see how that works? This is why a lot of people in the neuroscience community, if they are going to have lights on past those hours, they'll actually put them at the ground or blow their waist. And obviously intensity of light matters, the type of light, but in general, it's very important that you are not engaging in any activities that are heavy and light. I mean, really, it would be ideal to have no light if you were me, which is what I do between the hours of 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. So what did we go over today? Number one, light viewing protocol. Super important. Something that's really helped me. Number two, delaying caffeine intake. Number three, limiting light exposure between the hours of 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. One other thing that has really, really helped me has been cold showers and cold exposure. And I want to cover that in a future episode because I believe it deserves its own whole episode. But cold water exposure or cold water therapy is what I use to actually get off vaping because it's been shown that cold water, especially cold baths, so let me be clear, and very cold baths can increase dopamine the same amount as methamphetamine, which is crazy, 250% above baseline. So we'll talk about that more in another episode, but I highly recommend you take some time to research more into dopamine and understanding how it works. Oftentimes, dopamine or low levels of dopamine in this case are typically the cause 
for low levels of motivation. So identifying your habits and what you're engaging in and finding ways to guard yourself against those habits by understanding their mechanisms is the best way to recover your motivation, your drive, your energy, in my opinion. These are all based off of my experiences. Like I said, I'm not a doctor, not a neuroscientist. Take everything I say with a grain of salt. Consult with your own doctor, please. But like I said, I'm here to hopefully help you solve as many problems as possible. I've noticed that my community is really struggling with motivation, and this is the first thing that I thought. In the next episode, we'll be covering sleep, the foundations of sleep, circadian rhythm, how to optimize your biology using some more of these tools in depth. Maybe I'll talk about cold showers. Probably not. Probably talk about that in a full another episode, like I said. But until then, I'll see you in the next one, Coral Army. Army.